Welcome to the podcast of Inspiring Women in Hospitality. I'm Noreen Ahmed, your host. Each episode, I invite a woman from the hospitality industry to share her story with us, why she got into hospitality, her journey so far, her learnings, and who inspires her. On this episode, we hear from Sumi, recorded in October 2022. Her transferable skills in marketing and business administration took her across various industries, but tourism and hospitality has been the most fun. All right, we're now recording. Hello, everyone. Noreen here. Today I have with me Sumi. Sumi, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Noreen. Glad to see you again. It's been a while. Thanks for having me. And thanks for making time and doing this from a boat. I am very impressed that we've got this connection going. I think it will be one of my highlights of the recordings that I've done so far. <laughs> thanks. Actually, you know what? No one would have noticed. It's I know. <laughs> I know. It's amazing. Until right. the connection stays and everything um, is Fingers crossed. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about yourself, Sumi. So I'm I'm Sumi Surian. So I am the executive director for Phuket Hotels Association. Uh, we are a non-profit organization, and we currently have um, 78 hotel members based in Phuket in our membership portfolio. And uh, yeah, we 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 look at um, focusing on four pillars: so mainly destination marketing, education, sustainability, as well as um, government uh, liaison as one of our new um, core pillars. So yeah, we promote the destination. Um, very active in the hospitality and tourism sector here in Phuket, and we are the voice for the um, network as well. We we share best practices. Um, they're very um, driven, especially in the sustainability um, area. We, we have an annual conference that we run every year called FIS, which is Phuket Hotels for Sustaining Tourism, uh, Island Sustaining Tourism, where we are an advocate for um, a good impact for the environment. So I've been with the association for six years now since uh, its inception in 2016. Um, enjoying the role very much. And it's actually my first exposure to um, the tourism and hospitality industry. So, yeah, so that exposure into the tourism and um, hospitality. So tell us what were you doing before then? I've been in various uh, industries. So I've started out with uh, publishing. So I work for a legal publishing company. So my background's always been marketing and uh, business management. And I've started out in sales, then moved on very quickly to marketing. And from there, I've moved from a publishing company to a um, telecommunications, as well as most recently, international education, where I've been there the longest, I think nearly a decade from Australia. And then I was seconded to China for um, six years um, to, to manage the transition there and, and start our own operations. So that's a student recruitment business and all um, industries that I've been in are very different in its own way. And definitely hospitality is also very different in its own way and they're all, fun, but I have to say hospitality and tourism has been the most um, 
I guess, uh, fast moving, but it's also fu uh, fun at the same time and uh, very different ex learning experience compared to the um, others. Well, that's really nice to hear that you're also saying that it's fun. Well, fast is unusual because we always say that the hospitality and tourism industry doesn't move fast enough. So have, hearing it from you, who's been part of other industry, that's a that's a great endorsement to have. But also, it's so nice to hear that you're saying fun as well, because, you know, for those of us who are you know, started out within hospitality or just knew that they were going to be in hospitality from a young age. You know, we always say it's fun, but long hours and, you know, it makes it worth it. And you, you get to meet some amazing people and, you know, work hard, play hard type of thing. But it, it's nice to hear that you're also you also see that and experience that as well. So it goes to show what a great community it is to be part of the hospitality industry. Yeah, you know, it can be a very stressful um, profession especially if you're in the uh, hotel like working for a property because you know hotel doesn't close and it gets busier during the holidays so it's 24 7 non-stop and i think if you really love your job and you love what you do um yeah it, it doesn't really matter because you are having fun and for me i think i've met the mess, uh, best people in the industry as well like from people that i work with from people that i've met throughout my journey it's 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 incredible and um i have to say my best mentors as well also from the hospitality industry that um helped me learn the ropes very quickly so i'm very fortunate in, in that sense so i'm sorry there's <laughs> a train just going by <laughs> couple roads uh, down here so apologies for that noise which i wasn't expecting um so you, you you're now in phuket but you mentioned earlier you were in australia china so tell us about how many countries you've lived in and that journey as well right so so i'm i'm originally malaysian uh and i left malaysia to study in america for four years and from there i've moved to australia I started with my first job there uh, in actually telecommunications, then followed by the publishing company and moved on to international education and, and then seconded to China. So I was in Beijing and Shanghai for a few years. And then I've um, uh, had my first child and took a maternity leave for a few years. And then I had my second child and we moved to France, and then uh, we came to Thailand on holidays and uh, fell in love with the place, Phuket, and uh, decided to stay on and, and make a life here. So my kids been here all their lives, but most of their lives. And um, when I was ready to get back into the workforce, um, yeah, I, I, I started out as part-time uh, running events for the Phuket Hotels Association when they first started and uh, was given the opportunity then and then to grow the association from there on. So um, yeah, it, it was uh, truly a great experience because being in Phuket, you know, the, the, the main uh, attraction is tourism. So uh, it's, it's a perfect place to to not only uh, begin my profession in, in that industry, but also to, to learn the ropes and meet great people as well. 
that uh, was given me the opportunity to uh, a head start in the uh, sector. Having been born in Bangkok, Thailand, myself, Thailand will always have a special place in my heart as well. So I'm not surprised that when you went there, you fell in love. And for sure, I mean, where I really understood the true meaning of hospitality is really in, in Thailand. You know, it just it's just part of the culture so much and that they bring that to their everyday life. And they're just so hospitable and you, you feel so welcomed and warm wherever you go there. So it is really, it's the best place to learn hospitality. Exactly. And it's a great place as well, like, you know, to live. I think the lifestyle is, um, you know, it suits us. We've got two young children and um, yeah, I mean, it's safe. It's, um, it's a paradise really. Um, to, to be living here and, and like you say that there's a certain tiniest um hospitality that i think only thailand possesses. that it's quite unique and and very hospitable and warm so we're very lucky to to be living and working here and tell us about your journey of you know you came back to the workforce and you started out as part-time running events and now you you're the executive director how was that journey like for you um, as you progressed right it was quite interesting because um so coming out of um, maternity you know i, I was uh, a full-time mother for six years, close to seven, and to start off, I, I think I, I, I did the right thing by starting out part-time just to get a feel of going back to work again and adjusting from a full-time mother to a working mom as well and trying to make a balance and, and juggle both roles and to make it work. So I, I, I'm glad I did that because it, it's quite difficult I think after a few years and getting back into the workforce where you kind of feel like you've you got to start all over again and learn because the, the 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 world is moving so fast and you know you've got to get in touch again with what's latest what's the software what's you know what's the trend and what's happening in the world and also getting you know your fingers back on the pulse again to see um, what's actually happening in the network so it was it was good learning curve, and um, I was very lucky to have a mentor who was um, able to to uh, hold my hand, so to speak, to to work through not only the industry but also like the getting back into work again and how to balance my life. And um, yeah, so so that that was a, a a great learning curve for me. And from from running events from part time being contracted role, then I was offered to to the position of development director because I was running the day-to-day -day of the operations for the association and growing the membership. And most recently, about a year ago, then um, I was promoted to executive director um, and we grew the team as well. We've got um, two under, um, uh, in total, three staff in the office and, and soon to be four as well because of our increased activities. Um, and our activeness in the um, industry. So yeah, my, my journey has been very interesting where, you know, um, yeah, you, you, you learn on the go. Uh, it's, it's still very much what I, I, I apply, like my marketing and my operation business um, management skills. 
uh, into the uh, work, my daily work. So it, I still enjoy doing what I do <laughs> and uh, in a very fun industry. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's things, you know, business management, marketing. I mean, those are things that can really be applied to any industry, right? You're just taking the same concept and just, you know, transferring it over. So it's really great to be able to see that you were able to carry those forward. And yeah, after taking some time off, I would agree coming back part-time was probably the best best way to do that. It was something that we spoke about uh, recently when I was doing a round table in Zurich, where we were talking about mothers coming back to work and having the part-time option, you know, in some places that doesn't even happen. But what the discussion was also was some women don't even think it's an option or they don't ask for it, or they think it's not the right thing to do, or, you know, they have this constant guilt, you know, you know, between family and, and work and trying to balance and juggle it all and things like that. So, but it sounds like you had some great support as you kind of made your transition back into the work. Um, what, what was it that really helped you uh, during that time period? Uh, during the transition? Yeah. I, I have to say that the flexibility and the understanding of work-life balance. So I have a great boss who understands that, you know, for, for me to effectively do my work, um, it doesn't have to be uh, nine to five um, in the office and I could work in, in uh, flexible hours as long as I, you know, deliver um, my KPIs. So that was really helpful to be given that head start, uh, the opportunity to do so. And, you know, and, and when you have um, a manager understands your needs and actually tries to meet your expectations, you would want to also give back and not let the person down. And that's what I really felt. And I think not only I was giving my 100%, you know, I, I, I was loving what I do, which makes it easy to give more than you should. So, yeah, it was one of my, I have to say, fun times in, in, in work where I could juggle my other responsibilities as well and, and do what I love doing guilt-free. Because, you know, you're constantly feeling guilty. I think no matter how much time you, you spend with your family, it's just never enough. And uh, as a mother, I think you, you'll constantly have that guilt, whether you've done enough, whether you, you've you know, spent enough time. And so that, that will be constant, I think. So it's just a matter of uh, managing that, um, that guilt uh, moving forward. But if you have an understanding boss, that always makes it easier. And with COVID as well, I think, you know, there's so many lessons learned there. You know, you could be working from home, you know, uh, a lot of industries now are promoting digital nomad kind of uh, workplace. So you could be anywhere, you could be working remotely. And with digital nowadays as well, mixing it so, making it so easy and convenient for people to conduct meetings or, or to, to work remotely, so that that really helps. But yeah, for me again, an understanding boss who's um, yeah able to work to my needs. Yeah, and, and speaking of COVID, I think I we mentioned this earlier. I definitely appreciate all the the webinars 
and videos that you organized and hosted as well um, over the over the last few years. And that's when we reconnected properly when we did hosted um, when you hosted the women's panel as well, which was really, really interesting. So what was that experience like? Were you comfortable being on camera and being in front of a large audience? I think over time I got used to it. I have to say at the beginning was a little bit um, uh, awkward, but I think the more you do it, then, you know, now it's kind of like having a conversation with a friend. Um, so it, it's not as daunting or overwhelming as before. I remember my first webinar, I, I did lots of preparation. I had notes on my screen, but it was very scripted and uh, rigid. So, and I realized with webinars as well, anything online, just, you know, you got to make it fun. You got to make it interactive and nat natural as well. So yeah, I have to say I got better, but yeah, it was an unusual concept as well to begin with, you know, all the online meetings and you don't, you're not quite sure what you should do, whether you should wave to say hello or, <laughs> or hi, <laughs> or do the formality. So yeah. Yeah, I think it took us all Much a lot of adjustments <laughs> to get used to it um, at the beginning. And for me, it was very much the same. I mean, not so much on the camera, but just public speaking in general, like the first two times it was like I had copious notes in front of me and I was like, what if I forget where my place is? But what I've realized as I've kind of grown and learned more about myself, but also speaking as well in general is like when I just speak and just sound as natural as possible i mean i know my, my material like i've prepared this presentation yeah. i know what i'm going to say i just need to trust myself more and just go for it and just try and sound as natural as possible and i i actually find that if i over prepare i get more nervous exactly and then you tend to forget stuff as well <laughs> it's like that vicious cycle right it just carries on <laughs> exactly um, but now I think things are changing, you know, whilst, of course, I'm very grateful for technology to, to be able to connect us and for us to be able to do this today. Um, I think we're also seeing that um, we're, we're now looking for more in-person events. And how is that um, evolving for you? And how are you balancing the two out? Yeah, we've actually phased out um, quite our, uh, a lot of our virtual events because we do see a lot of pent-up demand for in-person uh, meetings, in-person events. And uh, from running webinars during COVID for the last two years, um, we could see the numbers are decreasing towards the end of COVID and when borders are starting to open, where people are going back to work or doing a hybrid um, work situation with uh, remote working. So the numbers of registrations um, were decreasing each time. So we could see that there is a trend that um, where virtual events are getting less and people are also waiting for the recorded version where they can just watch it in their own time, in their own convenience, um, where they're not we don't have a captive audience anymore. People are not in isolation. They're not, you know, um, in their own space where it used to be COVID times where we have the 100% undivided attention. And uh, so we started running uh, in-person events about a year ago. And uh, slowly as COVID eased its um, restrictions, 
particularly in the last few months, um, we are seeing masses of um, mega events coming back. So we run all our meetings now in person and uh, we've just done two of our major um, annual events. Uh, most recently, the sustainable, um, the largest sustainable event last month, and that attracted over 500 people. Um, yeah, so the, the, the demand for in-person is still there. People like the, um, you know, the personable face-to-face uh, -face, um, interactions and engagements. And you certainly do get a lot more out of in-person meetings and you get that social aspects as well um, than you do from um, online. Because online, I think there's still this disconnection of a human touch than, than in person. I agree. Um, and you also have another event coming up in November, you said, focusing on diversity. Yes, that's right. So that's taking place on the 10th of November. So we held our first one um, in June this year, and uh, it's called Mind the Gap. And it's more about um, people empowerment and uh, mentorship for our young hospitality and up and coming um, industry leaders. So this uh, is more about diversity, so uh, equal opportunity, youth representation and uh, talking about covering topics uh, uh, like wellness, uh, work well uh, balance, and, uh, and also just uh, entrepreneurship as well. So touching all the um, points that's relevant to all uh, gender and uh, um, professions. Absolutely. And um, switching gears a little bit now back to you and about and talking a little bit about learnings, you know, we just talked about how we've learned how to speak online or publicly and how that evolved for both of us. Are there any other learnings that you've experienced throughout your career, you know, things that you knew about yourself today, you don't know five years ago, or even 10 years ago, what would be some of your uh, biggest learnings? You mentioned earlier about transferable skills like marketing. Um, that's definitely true. You could bring that to any industry. I think that could be applicable. Uh, just need a bit of adaptation and adjustment to suit um, different industries because they have different channels of communication and different platforms. And uh, you know, each demographic and target audience work in different ways. So that's a learning that is different in each sector, but you will still apply the principle of marketing and business management into that. Um, and throughout the years as well, I, what I've learned, I think it's important, is that you, you, you could do anything. So you're not really stuck in a pigeonhole or you can't really say that, you know, that's what I do and that's all I do. And more importantly, I think during COVID where you, you know, there's reduction of staff and, and where we just have to take on more responsibilities, you learn to um, cross train in other um, areas as well. I think particularly you'll see in hotels where um, staff were furloughed and um, some positions that were kept were also asked to do different um, roles within the company or the um, uh, the hotel so you have to learn very quick and you you 
quickly learn as well. Those skills are very easy to learn. Like, you know, you're, you're not just stuck in one um, expertise. Yeah, it's easy to learn other stuff as well. And I think we learn to multitask. So, you know, during COVID, I have to start learning about technology, you know, Zoom for one, and then um, websites, um, social media, because those are the stuff that we have to cut down on cost. And we have to upskill ourselves to, to teach ourselves to learn. So you could do anything you want as long as you, you know, put in the time. And I think, you know, if you have the interest, obviously that, that helps along with the learning process. But definitely, yeah, we don't stop learning and, uh, and we could do anything if we put our mind to it. Or forced into a situation to do it. <laughs> Well, I mean, also that that's a, that's the same thing, right? If you put your mind to it, you can definitely, um, yeah, you can achieve anything. Exactly, and uh, I think people—it's more apparent as well. People are starting to learn that during COVID, where you have to be innovative and and learn ways to to earn, you know, uh, an income stream. So people start to be quite innovative in in doing their. Um, I guess entrepreneurship coming up with different business models you know you have people doing um, you know catering services or their own businesses so yeah you, you could find ways to to make a living or or, or other means of um, income so anything is possible anything as well and do i remember correctly you also have a restaurant that you run in phuket Yes, we do. So that, that's a passion project that I have. A uh, very stressful one <laughs> and challenging, particularly during COVID. Yes. So, uh, and that's also a fun bit that, that we do in uh, Phuket. There we go. You're expanding your transferable skills and upskilling in so many different ways. <laughs> Exactly. And, and we're not a restaurateur. So I've never run, a, I've never owned a restaurant or worked in a restaurant before. So coming to Phuket, as mentioned, you know, it's a tourism and hospitality uh, destination. So if you're not in hotels, you're an F&B business. So you learn very quickly to adapt. So you don't really have to be, if you think you're, you're in a certain industry, that's where you're going to be. So it, it's not necessarily true. You're like you're saying, so you know, not pigeonholing uh, pigeon yourself. <laughs> exactly. So it's still not too late if you want to join. Anyone wants to join the hospitality industry. Anytime. <laughs> At any age. At any age. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. And uh, with that, I am going to move on to my final question and ask you who inspires you? Well, I have to say my mentors. Uh, I have several over the years. Um, yeah, they, they really, I, I think, believing in me that I could do it, particularly when I first started the Phuket Hotels Association. So Anthony Lark was the president at the time. Uh, I have to say, you know, he gave me the courage to believe in myself that I could do what I do, because I was terrified, uh, particularly when I was offered the permanent position to, to be the development director for the association. And I said, you know, I don't have any experience in, in hospitality. He goes like, you know, then learn. He goes like, and also one of the things that he said to me that I will always remember is that he goes, I'm actually glad that you're terrified because that goes to show that, you know, your, your willingness to learn and, and take on 
and, and I know that you will prove to succeed because you want to make sure that you you um, you won't let me down. So and he was right because you know I was terrified and I was willing to learn everything to make sure that I don't screw up. So um, because if you were arrogant, I would be very worried. <laughs> arrogant and confident. That's what he said. <laughs> Yeah, it's finding that balance between arrogance and confidence and, you know, the willingness, right? So. Exactly. So I think having the right people in your life to push you in a direction that you sometimes think that you, you, you're unable to go or it's impossible. I think having that one person to believe in you and then um, anything, anything is possible. Yeah, that's why mentors, allies are so important um, to have in your life. Yeah, and peers as well, having the right group of people that will lift you up and give you the positive um, vibe and energy that you need. Yeah, having that support system is, is crucial. Well, Sumi, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Thank you, Noreen, for having me. And it's, it's great to sort of walk back memory lane <laughs> And, and go through what's, you know, my journey, my professional life. So it's really uh, nice to, to retell the story. Absolutely. And you, you've done so much. It was great to hear all that you've gone through and, yeah, reflect and go on that journey with you as well. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you were as inspired as I was by that story. Please follow us here and on LinkedIn where I post videos of the recordings. Stay tuned for many more stories of inspiring women in hospitality.